0: Ihyya by Imam Ghazali Volume 3, Chapter 2, Good Conduct Riyaza or Efforts in the Ways of God Know, dear readers, that the Prophet of God was the possessor of good character and conduct. Good conduct is, the, is half of religion, fruit of the efforts of God-fearing men and an important quality of the worshippers of God. Bad conduct is a ruinous poison, a dangerous wound in the brain, and a much-condemned evil. There are many doors of bad conduct which remain open to the fire of hell as the doors of good conduct are open towards the bliss of paradise. Bad conduct is the disease of the soul which ruins everlasting life. If efforts are necessary to save the temporary body from disease, how much efforts are necessary to save the soul from its diseases which will be everlasting? In the following verse, God says the treatment of the soul. He who purifies it is successful and he who ruins it is ruined. Ninety-one-two. We shall describe in this chapter the diseases of the soul and their cures. Merits of good conduct. Know, O dear readers, that God praised his prophet and said, you are upon sublime character aisha said the quran is the conduct of the messenger of god when a man asked the prophet about good conduct he recited the following verse take to pardon enjoin good and keep away from the illiterate 7 199 then the prophet explained good conduct and said good conduct is this join the tie of relationship But the one who cuts it off, pardon the one who oppresses you. The prophet said, I have been sent to complete the best of conducts. Good conduct will be the heaviest of all attributes in the balance on the day of judgment. Once a man came to the prophet and said, O messenger of God, what is religion? He said, good conduct. Then he came to his front and asked, O messenger of God, what is religion? He replied, good conduct. Then he came to his left side and asked, What is religion? He replied, Good conduct. Then he came to his back side and asked the same question, and he replied the same. Then he said, looking at the man, Not to be angry is good conduct. The prophet was asked, What is misfortune? He said, Bad conduct. Once a man asked the prophet, Give me some advice. He said, Fear God, wherever you are. He said, Give me more advice. The prophet said, If you commit an evil... Do a good action soon after it. As a result, the evil will vanish. He said, Give me more advice. The prophet said, Treat well with the people. He was asked, What action is the best? He said, Good conduct. The prophet said, God will not throw one into hell whom he gave good temperament and good appearance. The prophet was once asked, A certain woman fasts all day and prays all night, but she has a bad temper and gives trouble to her neighbors by her harsh words. The Prophet said there is no good in her and her place is in hell. Abu Darza said, I heard the Prophet say, The first of what will be placed in the balance is good conduct and benevolence. When God created faith, it said, Give me strength. God gave it strength through good conduct and benevolence. When God created infidelity, it said, O Lord, give me strength. He gave it strength with miserliness and bad conduct. The prophet said, God feared and preferred, God preferred this religion for him. There will be no conduct in your religion except good conduct and benevolence. Be aware, adorn your religion with these two virtues. The prophet said, God created good conduct as the best of things. He was asked, O prophet of God, what is the best in amongst the believers? He replied. He who is amongst them is good conduct. The Prophet said, Don't entertain people with your wealth, but entertain them with a smiling face and good conduct. The Prophet said, Bad conduct destroys divine service as condiment destroys honey. The Prophet said, So make your good conduct good. Hazrat Bara bin Ajib said, The face of the Prophet was the most beautiful and his conduct was the best. The prophet used to say in invocation, O God, you have made my constitution good, so make also my conduct good. He used to pray most, O God, I pray to you for health, peace of mind and good conduct. The prophet said, Honor a believer for his religion. Think him superior for good conduct and wisdom. Some desert Arabs came to the prophet and asked, What best thing has been given to men? He replied, Good conduct. The prophet said, he will become dearest and nearest to me on the day of judgment will be a man of good conduct. He also said don't believe any action good out of the divine service of one in whom one of these matters is not found. Number 1. Fear of God which restrains him from infidelity of God. Number 2. Patience which restrains a fool. Number 3. Good conduct with which he lives in society. The prophet used to say at the beginning of his prayer, O God, guide me to good conduct. Nobody except you can guide me towards it. Anas bin Malik said, We were once with the prophet who said, Good conduct removes removes all faults as the rays of the sun melt the snow. The prophet said, Good conduct appertains to the fortune of a man. The prophet said to Abu Var, O Abu Var, there is no wisdom with like efforts and there is no virtue like good conduct he said a true muslim can get for his good conduct and a high rank the rank of samur dahar and Kaimul, layl one who fasts all day and prays all night the prophet said to his companions i saw last night a wonderful dream i saw one of my followers sitting upon his knees There was between him and God only one screen, which was removed by his good conduct, and so he became close to God. The Prophet said, A man will get high rank and an honorable place in the next world by dint of his good conduct, even though he has little divine service. The Prophet once said to Omar ibn al-Khattab, O Omar, by one in whose hand there is my life, the devil does not tread a path that you tread. He said, bad conduct is such a sin which has got no pardon. Bad idea is such a fault which spreads. The Prophet said, a man reaches the lowest stage of hell for his bad conduct. Wise sayings. The son of Lukman asked his father, O oh, father, which fine qualities in his conduct are good? Lukman said, religion, treatment, shame, good conduct and generosity. When these five qualities are united in a person, he becomes pure. Religion, treatment, shame, good conduct and generosity. God-fearing and friend of God and is freed from the devil. Junaid Baghdadi said four virtues raise a man to the highest rank though his divine service and learning is little. Number one, patience. Number two, modesty. Number three, generosity. Number four, good conduct. Good conduct completes faith. Ihya bin Mu'az said, Bad conduct is worst evil, and if one has got many virtues along with it, they do not do him any benefit. Good conduct is a good attribute. If he has got many sins with good conduct, it do not do him any harm. Ibn Abbas was asked what is honor. He said, God explained it in the Quran, The most honorable of you is the one who is the most fearing of God amongst you. 49.13 He said, He who has got good conduct amongst you is the possessor of best quality amongst you. He said, Every building has got a foundation and the foundation of Islam is good conduct. What is good conduct? Know, dear readers, that God has said he created man out of clay and infused God's spirit onto him and then the angels made prostration before him. It appears from this that there is a connection of the body with the earth and the soul with the creator of all things. So human nature is rooted in the soul and its actions flow out of it. If good actions come out of the soul, it assumes good conduct, and if evil actions come out of the soul, it assumes bad conduct. Hence there are four things. Number one, to do good or bad actions... Number two, to possess power to do these actions. Number three, to have knowledge of good and bad actions. Number four, to become either of the two actions, that is good or bad, easy. Owing to his attachments to either of them, conduct rises. As a man cannot be called beautiful if he has got only two beautiful eyes but no beautiful face and nose, so he cannot be called a possessor of good conduct if he has got only one of the above attributes. A beautiful man is he who has got his bodily limbs proportionate and beautiful, so also a man is said to have good conduct if he has got in him all the qualities proportionately. The nature of the soul is divided into four kinds. Number 1. The power of discerning knowledge. Number 2. The power of administration or anger. Number three, the power of greed. Number four, the power of adjustment of the above three natures. If knowledge finds full display and becomes mature, truth can be ascertained from falsehood and good from bad. So knowledge is the root of good conduct. God says whoever is given wisdom has been given abundant good. 2.269 When anger conducts itself under knowledge and sharia, it can be termed beautiful. When greed becomes subject to wisdom and shame, it is termed beautiful. The power of adjustment of the natures and the judgment is beautiful when anger and greed are guided by wisdom and sharia. The beauty of anger is called bravery and the beauty of greed is called patience. If anger exceeds the limit of moderation, it is called cowardice. If greed exceeds moderation, it is called hope against hope and if it goes down, it is called sluggishness. Moderation of greed is good, and the two extremes of greed are good. If wisdom is used immoderately, it is called deception. If it reaches to the extreme, it is called genius, and the middle course is called wisdom. So there are four basic qualities of good conduct, knowledge, bravery, patience, and the power of adjustment. Other qualities are their branches. Nobody was blessed with all these qualities except for the prophets. There are differences in those qualities in the persons other than the prophets. He who is of devoid of these qualities is near the devil. The prophet was sent to complete good conduct and good manners. The Quran praised the followers and the believers for possessing these qualities. The believers are those who have got faith in God, his prophets and then do not entertain any doubt and fight with their lives and their properties in the way of God. They are therefore truthful. God described the companions of the prophet in the verse. They have, they are hard upon the unbelievers, but sympathetic to one another. Change of nature. It has been argued that nature cannot be changed, and this mistaken belief arises out of two reasons. Number one, the first reason is that Just as a figure of a man or his color cannot be changed or a man cannot be made short or long or a black man cannot be changed to a white man, so also the nature of man cannot be changed. Another reason cited is that in spite of our efforts, sexual passion, anger etc. cannot be uprooted and to make efforts to control them is useless. The answer to these objections is as follows. If nature is unchangeable then sermons, educations, and learning would have been useless. The prophet said, make your conduct good. This advice would have been meaningless. When the nature of lower animals can be changed by training, human nature can all the more be changed by training, education, and habits. All things of the world are made of two elements. Man has got no power over one element, but he has got power over the other element. The sun, the moon, the stars and the external and the internal forms of animals cannot be changed. God created another element which may develop into perfection according to certain rules and regulations. For instance, a paddy seed is kept under certain conditions, can develop into paddy plants, but it cannot produce a mango tree or a date tree. Similar is the case of passion, anger and pride, etc., if they are kept under rules and regulations and control, they cannot take to the highest degrees of progress, but they cannot be uprooted at will. To keep them under control is the cause of salvation. Men are of four classes according to nature. Number 1. One class of men are inattentive. They don't distinguish between the truth and falsehood, and they remain with nature with which they were born. By training, their conduct can be good. Number two, the second class of men can know the evil actions of others but are not habituated to good actions and are prone to evils. They are to give up the habits of evil actions and seed of good actions are to be sown in their soul. The third kind of men believe bad conduct is good. The fourth kind of men are bred upon evil. The first kind of men are illiterate to the extreme. The second kind of men are illiterate and misguided. The third kind of men are illiterate, misguided and sinners. And the fourth kind of men are illiterate, misguided, sinners and dishonest. Number two, the second reason of the above argument is that greed, passion, anger, pride can be uprooted. This is a mistaken belief. The objective of these is to bring them under control and not to uproot these natural propensities. They are necessary for a man. Had he not had greed for food, he would have been ruined. The objective is to use it with moderation without going to extremes. The Prophet said, I am only a human being. I get angry as others get angry. When anything was said to him which was doubtful, he used to get angry. Even his two cheeks assumed a reddish color. God says regarding control of anger. Those who control anger and forgive men, he did not say to uproot it. To take the middle course in conduct is better and not the extremes. Benevolence is a good quality and it is the middle course between two extremes, extravagance and miserliness. God praised it in the following verse. When they spend, they do not squander and do not become miserly but the stand between these two conditions. In another verse, he said, Don't make your hands tied up with your necks, nor spread it to the utmost spreading. 1729. To take the middle course in green, in greed for food is the best. God says, Eat and drink, but do not measure. God does not love those who squander. The Prophet said the middle course is the best. Heat is the name between scorching rays and snow, free from the two extremes. benevolence is the middle course between extravagance and miserliness, and bravery is the attribute between haughtiness and cowardice, means of acquiring good conduct. no Uriya readers, that good conduct is the name of bringing greed and anger under control of intellect and Sharia. This middle course can be acquired in two ways. The first way to gain this middle course is to make perfect God-given powers and inborn qualities. Some men have been created with full intellect and good conduct, and their greed and anger has been placed under the control of intellect and Sharia. So these people become wise without education and receive good conduct without training. Prophet Jesus and Prophet Yahya, that is John, and other prophets are such type of people. Many boys are born with the opposite of them. They can acquire these virtues by education and training through spiritual guides. The second means is efforts by which these qualities can be acquired. For instance, if anybody wishes to acquire the virtue of benevolence, he must be habituated to make charity in spite of his unwillingness to spend money. Then it will be easy for him to spend. To acquire the virtue of modesty, one has to follow the actions of the humble people for a long time Then it will become easy after a place of time. He who finds pleasure in charity is called a philanthropist. The prophet said, Prayer has been made a doll to my eyes. God says it, that is prayer, is difficult except for the God-fearing men. The prophet said, Do divine service with contentment. If you cannot do it, it is better to do it with patience in spite of unwillingness. Acquisition of fortune by habits. To acquire fortune, it is necessary to stick to a thing always and it is not sufficient to hate sins. He must find pleasure in doing good things. The longer the life, the more firm and perfect it will be its good. When the prophet was asked about good fortune, he replied to stick to worship. Throughout life is good fortune. For this reason, the prophet and the friends of God dislike death as this world is the second ground For the hereafter, the longer the life, the more the divine service and the more the rewards and more will be the purity of the soul and character and conduct will become firm and strong. The objective of divine service is its effect on the soul. The objective of good character and conduct is to cut off the attachment to the world from the soul and to confine them to the love of God. The greatest thing for the soul is its meeting with God. Good habits create light in the soul which shows many wonderful things. He who finds pleasure in playing with the pigeons stands throughout the day in the rays of the sun and does not feel tired. He who is accustomed to theft, taken pride for acts of theft even though his hands are cut off and he is whipped. Those males who like to be females allow their hair to grow long paint their faces and mix with females with females' dresses. They trick pride in that. These are acts of habit for which they take pride and pleasure. Habits of good deeds. Similarly, one should grow habits of doing good deeds. If they are done for long and are not given up, pleasure will come as a matter of course like that of the above person. If a man forms the habit of eating earth, he will find pleasure in eating it. So, soul will find pleasure in doing good things. If one sticks to them for a long time, he who wishes to be a good writer, he must stick to writing for long. Similarly, if one wishes to acquire the qualities of patience, generosity, modesty, he must stick to these habits and actions and behavior. There is no other means of acquiring them except for this method. Acquisition of learning is not the result of one day but of endless days and nights in study. The natural food of the soul is knowledge, divine knowledge and love. It tastes might be changed for some illness of the soul as owing to the disease of the stomach there is no taste in the food, so disease of the soul must be removed by efforts to acquire divine love and knowledge. Causes of Misfortune Only one sin does not bring misfortune. It is the cause of committing sins after sins and disobeying the commandments and prohibitions of God. It is also the condition of minor sins. Repetition of a minor sin amounts to a great sin. One black spot falls in the soul if a sin is committed and the repetition of the sin causes the repetition of the spots in the soul. Thereafter the soul becomes completely dark and black. When death suddenly comes to man, he dies upon that condition. God says, I have placed a screen in the front and screen in the back. Ali bin Abu Talib said, Faith puts a white spot in the soul. The more the faith increases, the more the white spot increases. When the faith of a man becomes perfect, his soul is filled up with that light. A black spot falls in the soul of a hypocrite. The more hypocrisy increases, the more the black spot increases. When hypocrisy is disclosed in full, his soul becomes completely dark. Now, you have understood that sometimes good conduct comes with birth, sometimes it is acquired by good deeds, and sometimes it is following the actions of God and religious people. God does not oppress any man, but man himself oppresses his soul and becomes unfortunate. God says, he who does an atom of good will see it and he who does an atom of evil will see it 998 god does not oppress them but they themselves have oppressed their souls methods of efforts to improve conduct you have come to know now that the middle course is the matter of conduct in go is good and this keeps the soul pure and if there is any drifting away from the middle course it causes disease of the soul just as the middle course is the best for the preservation of the soul. The treatment of the disease of the soul is to remove from the soul the evil natures and habits and to bring in good natures and habits. Every child remains upon nature or natural inborn qualities, but his parents make him Jew or a Christian or a Magian. It is the saying of the prophet, the child acquires bad habit through his surroundings. If there is a change in the temperament of moderation, it must be understood that a body has got a disease. Its medicine is to act the opposite. For instance, heat can be removed by cold and cold by heat and fire by water. If one catches cold, it can be removed by using hot things. Illiteracy can be removed by learning, miserliness by charity, pride by humility and greed by patience. Similarly, the disease of the soul can be removed by bitter pills of patience and good actions. The disease of the body ends with the death of the body, but the disease of the soul will last after death as the soul is everlasting. Appropriate medicine of the soul can be prescribed by a spiritual physician or a guide. He must first be acquainted with the disease of the disciple and then cautiously treat it. If he is ignorant of the Sharia, he must first teach it to him, and the fundamental principles of Islam. If he earns unlawfully, he must be told to give it up. Then, when the open sins are removed, the guide should look for the removal of his inner faults and characters and conduct. If he has got wealth beyond the limit of his necessity, he should tell tell him to spend it in charities. If he has got pride and haughtiness, he must be taught to be humble by frequenting the bazaars and the markets with bags for sale and buy. If he finds him too clean, he, be, he should tell him to cleanse his own house and kitchen. To worship body is to worship the idols. So the ordinary means to remove the disease of the soul is to act against its low desires. God says, he who fears the places of his Lord and retains him and restrains him from evil passion, his body and his place of abode is paradise. Seventy-four forty-one. The sign of diseases of the soul. No, O oh dear readers, that every limb of the body has been created for a particular purpose. If the limb or the organ does not do a particular function, it has got a disease. If it does that function easily, it is sound. Eye has been created to see, if it does not see it has got a disease. So also the case with the ear and the nose. Soul has been created for acquiring divine knowledge and love of God and finding pleasure in divine services. God says, "I have created man and jinn that they should worship me." Fifty-one, fifty-six. Man can be ex- distinguished from a beast because of his soul. A man is not free from food, cohabitation, drinking, and other matters. So is the case with animals. The animals have got no soul, but man has got a soul. It is, it has got the qualities of recognizing the nature of everything he who knows god loves god the sign of love of god is that he loves the he places love of god above everything in this world god says in the verse 924 if your parents your children etc are dearer to you than god and his apostle and serving in his way then wait till god brings upon about his command He who loves anything more than God has got his soul diseased. He is just like a person who loves to eat earth more than bread. This is the sign of disease of the soul. Every soul is diseased except that which loves God. It is hardly any physician of the soul present. The physicians themselves are nowadays diseased. The diseased physicians can hardly look to his own treatment not to speak of treatment of others. The people are now addicted to the love of this world. Treatment of the diseased soul The medicine of the disease of the soul is to accustom itself to the opposite attribute. If there is a disease of miserliness, the medicine is to remove it. By giving constant charities and spending money, there is a limit to charity and expenditure. He who exceeds the limit falls into another disease, that is the fault of extravagance. He becomes then just like a man suffering cold, who uses such hot things which take him to another trouble. Our objective is to gain the limit of moderation by avoiding the two extremes. The middle path is the straight path, which is more narrow than a hair, more sharp edge than a sword. He who can remain in the straight path in the world can cross the bridge easily in the hereafter. Majority of the people will be inclined to one side or the other. While crossing it, somebody will fall down suddenly into hell. Some will cross it like lightning. God says there will be nobody amongst you who will cross it. This is your Lord's decree. I shall save those who are God-fearing. 1971 The God-fearing are those who tread the straight path or the path very near it. For this reason, it is our duty to pray to God for 70 times a day for being established in the straight path. God directed us to pray, show us the straight path. One day a man dreamt the prophet and said to him, O messenger of God, you have said that the chapter hood has made your gray head. Why have you said that? The prophet recited the verse and said, be firm on what you have been ordered. So to keep firm on the path is very difficult. Still one should try his utmost to remain on it and very near it. It is, there is no salvation except for good deeds which cannot be achieved without good conduct. Ways of learning evil Know, dear readers, that God shows evil to one for whom he wishes good. He has got no fear who has got deep insight. When a man can know his faults, he can try to remove them, but majority of men remain ignorant to their own faults. The man who wishes to see his faults has got four ways. Number one, the first is to inform his faults and evil to his spiritual guide who can treat these diseases, but this is very rare nowadays. Second, the second way is to appoint a true and a pious friend to detect his faults and defects a religious man takes to this method of finding out his own faults and shortcomings umar ibn al-khattab used to pray may god show mercy on the man who points out my defects to me he asked he asked salman farsi about his evils salman farsi told him i heard that you enjoy two curries at the time of your meal and that you have got two pieces of cloth to put on one piece for the day and another piece for the night. Omar ibn al-Khattab said, ''Have you heard other than this?'' He said, ''I have heard nothing except this.'' Salman Farsi once asked Hazrat Huzaifa whether he used to have any hypocrisy in him. Thus the companions of the Prophet inquired upon their, about their own faults. Hazrat Daud Ta'i remained aloof from society. The people once asked him, why don't you mix with the people? He replied, what benefit shall I derive from them when they conceal my faults and do not inform me? Now the table has turned. He who informs us are of our great faults is our greatest enemy. Number three, the third way of knowing faults is to gather them from enemies. The attention of the enemies is upon the faults of their adversaries. So there is some basis of their information about one's faults. The fourth way is to mix with the people and know their faults. If you see their faults, you may think that you have those faults in you as well. As a believer is a mirror of another believer, he sees his defects from the defects of others. Once Jesus Christ was asked, From what have you learnt good manners? He replied, Nobody has told me this. When I see the faults of the illiterate, I, at once, give them up. The proof of the Sharia about the soul and the medicine. If you ponder over what has been described above, your insight will be open and the disease of the soul and the treatments will be disclosed to you in the light of certain faith. If you are unable to achieve it, you should not secede from faith and blind belief. This is the rank of faith as there is a rank of education. Education comes after faith. God says, God raises the rank of those of you who have faith and you and those who have been given learning. To go against passion is the greatest jihad. He who believes that the way to reach God is to act against his low desires is included within the group of believers. and he who searches the causes of these helps is included within the educated. God says for one who oppresses his low desires there is the abode of paradise 7941 God says there are other there are those people whom God tried by God fear it has been said by the way of explanation of this verse that the love of greed in the hearts has been crushed the prophet said a believer lives in five troubles number 1 he is envied by another believer number 2 A hypocrite harbors hatred against him. Number three, an unbeliever fights against him. Number four, the devil misguides him. Number five, the evil desires dispute with him. When evil desires become enemy, it is compulsory to fight with them. God once sent a revelation to Dawud, Warn your followers from eating the objects of greed, as greed stands as a screen to such souls in which there is worldly attachment. Jesus Christ said, Blessed is he who has given up his present greed in hope of getting future promised rewards. When the people returned from jihad, our Prophet said, Thanks to you, you have returned from little jihad to a greater jihad. He was also a Prophet of God, what is greater jihad? He said, fight with the passion is greater jihad. The Prophet said, he who makes efforts in divine service is a mujahid. He also was asked, keep your soul away from the harmful things and don't run after your evil desires in violation of God's commands. If you do it, it will dispute with you on the day of judgment. Then your one organ will curse upon another organ if God does not forgive and conceal. Sufyan Saori said, I have not treated a more serious disease than the disease of my own soul. It is sometimes for me and sometimes against me," Hazrat Hassan Al Basri said. As an unruly horse is to kept by strong rein, the disobedient soul of a man should be kept by more firm rein," Yahya bin Muaz said. Fight against your passion by the weapons of Riyaza or F effects. It is of four kinds: number one, to eat little; number two, to sleep little; number three, to speak when necessary. Number four, to keep patience at the trouble of the people. There is death of passion because of little food. Sincere intention arises out of little sleep. There is safety from the dangers and difficulties on accounts of few talks. If there is patience at the troubles given by others, one can reach his destined goal. There is no greater difficulty than to keep patience at the time of harsh treatment of the people and trouble given by them. He also said the enemies of a man are three world, devil and passion, to save yourself from the world by renouncing it, from the devil by doing opposite behavior and from passion by giving up greed. Zafar bin Hamid said the learned and the wise said ununanimously that happiness cannot be achieved without giving up happiness. It has been narrated that Yusuf was appointed treasurer of Egypt and he was one day traveling in the country with 12,000 respectable men riding on horses. At that time, Zulaikha, the wife of the king of Egypt, was seated by the side of the pathway of Yusuf. She said on seeing him, Glory be to God who has made the king slaves of sin and slaves of God, the worst beings. Yusuf said, What God dictated to him, God does not destroy the rewards of the doers of good, who fear God and remain patient. The sage Yezid Rakashi said, "O oh my friend, don't give up cold drink in the world as it may be deprived to you in the hereafter. Once a man asked Khalifa Umar bin Abdulaziz, When shall I talk? He said, When you wish to remain silent. He's, he asked, When shall I remain silent? He said, When you wish to talk. Ali said, He who is eager to go to paradise, should remain free from worldly greed. When there is no other alternative for fortune of the next world but to do opposite of passion and temptation, we should believe in the words of the learned and sages. Keep your soul and your mind engaged in the knowledge of God, love of God and thoughts about God. Cut off all connections to achieve these things. Man has got no power to achieve these things without the company of God. In the above matters, mankind is of four classes. Number one, the mind of one kind of people remains busy with the remembrance of God and do not look to the world except with bare necessities of life. They are included in the class of the truthful people. This rank cannot be attained without efforts for a long time and without patience for long at worldly pleasures and temptations. The second kind of people remain busy With worldly affairs and they remember God with the tongue and not with their heart. They are included within those who are completely ruined. The third kind of men remain busy with religion and world, but religion remains strong in their mind. They will enter hell, but they will soon be rescued from there because religion was strong in their mind. The fourth kind of people remain busy with the religion and the world, but the world is strong in their mind. They will reside long in hell but they will be rescued ultimately from hell. Lawful things. Some people say that to enjoy lawful things is lawful but why should it cause a drifting away from God? The answer is that the love of the world is the root of all evils. Those things which are outside necessary things are included in the world and they become causes of being away from God. Ibrahim Khawaj said Once I stayed in the hillock of Lakam. I saw there some pomegranate hanging in a pomegranate tree and was inclined to eat some of them. I took some and found them sore on tasting. Then I threw them and I went away. I found a man lying on the wayside and many wasps were biting him. I saluted him, but he replied and said, O Ibrahim, I wonder how he could have come to know my name. And I asked him, How do you know me? He said, Nothing is concealed from one who knows God. I said, I understand then that you are chosen of God. Why do you not pray to God to save yourself from the biting of these wasps? He said, You are also a chosen person of God. Why have you not prayed to save yourself from the greed of eating pomegranates? The, wa- the wounds of the sting of the wasps will be disclosed in the next world in the form of greed for pomegranates and give you pain, but the sting of the wasp will end in this world. Then I went away leaving him. The sage, Sakti said, My mind has been wishing to eat walnut dipped in honey for the last forty years, but I did not eat it up to this date. If the mind is not kept under control, it is not possible to tread the path of the next world by correcting and purifying it, because it will desire unlawful things. He who wishes to control his tongue from backbiting and useless talks, it is his duty to keep silent. He should engage in the remembrance of God and other duties of religion till the greed of holding useless talks goes away from him. He should not utter except for the truth. This is the condition of every passion or low desire. Nature is the same by which lawful and unlawful things are sought and mind should be restrained from unlawful things. If it is not kept under control within the limit of necessary things, it becomes strong. This is the danger of lawful things. God says they remain satisfied with the life of this world and feel the pleasures at it. God says this world's life as compared to that of the next world is only a short-lived commodity. 13.26 God says know that this world's life is but play and amusement pomp and natural boasting and multiplying amongst yourself and riches and children. 5325 27. Those Sufis who possessed uncommon fortitude said out of experience that possession of wealth makes the mind hard and heinous and keeps it away from the remembrance of God. They found by experience that at the times of sorrow the mind becomes soft, pure and fit for the acceptance of grace owing to the remembrance of God. They came to know that there is salvation in long-standing sorrows and ruination in case of long-standing enjoyment. They gave up the path of greed with care and knew that accounts will be taken even of lawful things, punishment for unlawful things and rebuke for doubtful things. He who ten render The accounts on the day of judgment shall meet with punishment. So to avoid such a thing, restrain your eyes from the pleasures of the world and don't inquire what will occur after death. The prophet said, Love what you wish to love, but you shall have to leave it. The signs of good conduct. The following are the signs of good conduct and they are also qualities of the believers. God says in the verse 23, 1, The believers will get salvation, those who humble in their prayers, who avoid vain talk, who pay poor zakats, who guard their private parts except from their wives or whom their right hand possesses, those who faithfully observe their trusts and their covenants, who guard their prayers. 23.1 God says, they, They are those who turn to God, who serve Him, who praise Him, who fast, who bow, who prostrate, who enjoin what is good and forbid what is evil, and those who enjoin what is good and forbid what is evil and keep the limits of God, 912. God says, those only are believers whose hearts become full of fear when God is mentioned, and his verses are recited to them. They increase them in faith, and on their Lord they do rely. Those who keep our prayers and spend out of what we have given them 8.2. eight two similar conduct has been expressed in twenty five sixty three. These are the signs of a believer and should be read very carefully in order to implement them in one's life to acquire the virtues of good conduct. The Hadith of the Prophet The Prophet said, A believer loves for others what he loves for himself. He said, He who loves God and the hereafter, let him honor his guests. He said he who believes in God and the hereafter shall honor his neighbor. He said, He who believes in God and the hereafter should utter good words or remain silent. He said, He who lives in a, perf- is a perfect believer is the best in conduct. He said, When you see a believer silent and grave, come close to him as he is full of wisdom. He who is pleased with virtues and displeased with sins is a believer. No believer shall shall look to his brother Muslim in such a way that gives a trouble to his mind. It is unlawful for a Muslim to threaten another Muslim with fear. If two companions consult with each other with trust of God, it is not lawful for one of them to disclose the secrets of another. Good conduct comprises of the following qualities. Shame, to consider calamity as little. To wish good for all, truthfulness, little talk, much divine service, little shortcomings, gravity, patience, contentment, kindness, abstaining from begging, curse, rebuke, backbiting, hatred, miserliness, haughtiness, and pride, and to love for God and to hate for God. These are qualities of good conduct. The sage Yusuf bin Ashad said, There are ten qualities of good conduct not to break promise. To do justice, not to take revenge, to recognize evil as sin, not to raise excuses, to bear the harm of others, to restrain the passions, to know one's own faults from seeing the faults of others, to come to everyone with a smiling face and to talk with humility with others. Some examples of good conduct. Number one. The holy prophet was once walking with Anas and met with a desert Arab with a thick cloth on his body. The desert Arab threw the cloth around the neck of the prophet and began to drag him with force. Anas said, as an effect of this force dragging, spots of the cloth fell upon his neck. The desert Arab said, O Muhammad, give me something of the wealth you have got from God. The prophet smilingly looked at him and ordered something to be given to him. Number two. At another time, when the Quraysh was giving the Prophet trouble in the Battle of Uhud and oppressing him, he said, O God, forgive my people because they are ignorant. Then God revealed this verse, You are upon sublime character. 68.4 3. Once, Ibrahim bin Alham was travelling through a desert. On the way, he met a soldier who asked him, Are you a slave? He said, Yes, I am a slave. The soldier said, Can you tell me where is the locality here? He pointed out, To the grave. The soldier said, I am seeking a locality. He said, Graveyard is a place of habitation. The soldier was engaged at this, bound him with a chain and whipped his back and took him to the town. The disciples of Ibrahim came to him and the soldier told them about him. They said, His name is Ibrahim Adham. He is a friend of God. Then the soldier fell at his feet and begged pardon from him. On being asked where the people, he said, When the soldier was beating him with a stick, I prayed for him for paradise they asked why did you pray paradise for him though he was oppressing you he said i know that i will get rewards in lieu of his oppression i don't like that one should remain a sinner for me for whom i got rewards once there was a man who invited sage abu usman hariri and his object to examine him when the sage went to his door he said now there is nothing for food On hearing this, Abu Usman went away. When he went to some distance, the host called him again. When he came again, he said, return, then he returned. He called Abu Usman for the third time, and the latter also came. He said, you have not come in time for food, then he returned. When he called Abu Usman the fourth time, the sage came to him, and this time he did not give him any food. When he was going, the man fell upon his feet and said with folded hands, I have done it only to examine you. How good is your conduct? You have The sage said, you have found in me the conduct of a dog. If a dog is called for food, it comes on a call and flees away when driven away. Number five, when the sage was passing by a by lane, when somebody threw some refuse on his head, he removed the refuse from his head and prostrated on the ground by way of gentleness and gratefulness. But did not take retaliation, he said. If one is fit for hell, it will not be the cause of gratefulness if refuse only is thrown on him. Number six. Once the sage Sahal Tastari was asked about good conduct, he said the lowest good conduct is to bear patience at troubles given by others, not to take revenge, to show kindness on the oppressor, to ask forgiveness for him and to be kind to him. Now we serve it. Sage Ahdaf bin Qais was once asked, From whom have you learned patience? He said, From Qais bin Asim. He was again asked, How did he learn patience? He said, He was once seated in his house when a black female slave was coming to him with a cup of hot roasted meat. Suddenly the fell cup from her hand and fell on the head of a child who died as a result. The female slave was fearful of her master and said to him, you have got no fear. He said that you should not fear. You are free for the sake of God. It was narrated that when the little boys saw the saint Ois Karni, they used to throw pebbles at him as they thought that he was a madman. He used to say to them, Oh dear children, if you throw pebbles at all, throw small pebbles at me so that no blood can come out of it. If the blood comes out, my ablution, that is vudu, is broken. Formation of A child's character, no, dear readers, that the training of a child's character and the conduct is of supreme importance. God entrusted the children in the hands of their parents. The heart of a child is bright like a jewel and soft like a candle and free from all impressions. It is soft like the soft clay in which any seed can grow. If he is given a good training of character and conduct, he grows in that condition and acquires fortune both in this world and the next. If he goes to commit sins and lives a life of a beast, he is doomed to failure and destruction. God says, O those who believe, save yourselves and your family members from hellfire. As the parents save their children from the fire of the world, they should also save them from the fire of hell in the next world. This means that they should give them training of good conduct and character, save them bad company and luxurious habits, delicious dishes and beautiful dresses. When a boy reaches the age of discretion, care should be taken of his character. He gives up something out of shame and takes up something else. He should be given the training of eating and drinking. The following are some of the rules of eating and drinking. Number one, food to be eaten with the right hand. He should begun, he sh- It should be begun with the name of God. It should be taken from the side of the dish which is the nearest. It should not be taken before others begin to eat. None should look at the eating of others. Food is to be chewed well and not hastily. None should wipe his hand with the wearing garments. Rice or bread without curry should something be eaten. The harms of overeating should be known. Rewards of little food should be known. White cloth and not, not garments of varied colors should be put on. And not silk cloths. A boy should be directed not to join bad company and he should not be allowed to mix with boys who wear luxurious dresses, eat delicious food and are haughty. Education of children. Children should be given at the beginning to learn the readings of the Quran and the Hadith and the sayings of the Prophet and the history and the lives of the Prophets, the Saints and the Sages if they don't love them at the beginning of their lives it would be disastrous for them afterwards as soft minds get impressions of good or bad in an early age they should not be given literature or poems of love anecdotes they should not be allowed to sleep at daytime as it creates idleness or to sleep on soft beds till their limbs become strong they should not be given to put on they should be given to put on coarse clothes coarse food and coarse beddings. They should not be allowed to make plays or sports requiring hard labor and should be encouraged to walk on foot. They should be taught in this way. Don't spite before the people. Don't clean your nostrils before them. Don't yawn before them. Sit with them at good, in good manners. Don't keep them behind. Don't sit placing one leg upon another. Don't talk too much. Don't talk falsehood. Show respect to the elders and seniors in age. Don't hold indecent talks and don't rebuke and backbite others. When a boy reaches the age of discretion, he should be told to pray, fast Ramazan and observe religious duties. When he reaches the youth, he should be given education on everything and the reasons for observing religious duties. He should be given instructions at this world is short-lived and the next world is everlasting, that death is imminent, that a wise man takes provisions for the next world from this world, and he should be given profitable teachings. Sage Sahal Tastari, training, he said, When I was three years old, I look at, looked at the prayers of my maternal uncle at night. One day he said to me, Why don't you remember God who created you? He said, How can I remember him? He said, when you go to bed at night, say three times without moving your tongue, God is with me, God is near me, and God is looking at me. I learned them in this way. Then he recited. Then he said, recite them seven times every night. After seven days, he said, recite them eleven times every night. After one year, he said, recite this till you go to the grave, and it will be your friend in this world and in the next. God is with me, God is near me, and God is looking at me. I learnt the Quran by heart at the age of seven years. At twelve, I began to fast all year round. I began to follow the following ways in my life. I used to purchase wheat with one dirham per day, prepare food with it, fast the day and break it with, without curry or salt. After one year, I began to fast three days at a time, without a break for the next day. Then I used to fast three days at a time and then seven days. Thus, I increased my fast gradually to twenty-five days at a time without any break. In this way, I spent twelve years of my life. Modes of Religious Exercise He who wishes to acquire the fortunes of the next world should observe some rules holding firmly by the Qur'an. The obstacles in the path of religion should be removed. As they may present him towards they may prevent him towards spiritual progress. God says I have placed a screen in their front and a screen in their back, and then I covered them and they don't see. thirty six nine. There are four walls before a religious disciple. Number one wall of wealth, number two wall of honor, number three the wall of Mazhab, number four the wall of sins. The wall of wealth can be removed if it goes out of the hand except necessary means to meet bare necessities of life. The second wall of honour and rank can be removed by shifting from the place of honour, name and fame. The third wall is the difference of opinion in religious matters. Blind faith in one's sect or mazhab must be removed from the mind and one should firmly believe that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger and the best guide. The fourth wall is the obstacle of sin. Repentance for past sins, restraint from acts of oppression and compensation to the oppressed people should be taken as a recourse to remove this obstacle of sins. When the above four obstacles are removed, he becomes like a person who prepares himself by washing and ablution, becomes fit for prayer. He then requires a spiritual guide to show him the straight path. As this path is only one and the path of devils are many, such a man should be kept as it were within the boundaries of a fort so that the devil may not enter it. This fort of religion has got four walls. One, solitude. Number two, silence. Number three, hunger. Number four, sleeplessness. These four things obstruct the devil to enter the fort. The objective of discipline is to purify the mind so that he may get a glimpse of his Lord therein and attain God's nearness. Hunger reduces the blood of the heart and makes it pure and bright. This brightness is the light of the mind and the soul. Hunger melts the fat of the heart and as a result softness and humility come in. The softness is the key of spiritual insight. Heart becomes hard for obstruction Whenever the blood of the heart is reduced and the circulation path of the devil becomes narrow. Jesus Christ said, O my disciples, keep, my, keep your belly hungry that you may see your Lord. Sahal Tastari said, Abdals cannot be raised to the rank without four qualities, keeping the belly empty, sleeplessness, silence and solitude from the turmoils of society. It is an open truth that the heart becomes bright owing to hunger. This is the fruit of experience. Sleeplessness makes the heart bright, pure and radiant. It increases the brightness gained by hunger and makes it bright like a bright star or a clear mirror and then the truth sparkles therein. Sleeplessness is the fruit of hunger and it is impossible to expect sleeplessness with a full belly. Too much sleep makes the heart dead and hard. Sleep to the extent of necessary becomes a means of seeing unseen things. The Abdal eat when pressed by extreme hunger and sleep in case of extreme slumber and talk at the time of extreme necessity. Ibrahim Hawa said it is a unanimous opinion of 70 truthful men that there, is, that there is too much sleep in case of too much drink. Silence makes Lonely habitation easy, but a man of silence is not free from those who are ready to serve him. As a result, the speakers, without necessity and feels joy in greed. Silence increases the power of the intellect and encourages the fear of God. Loneliness saves a man from work, brings ears and eyes under the control and opens the gates of the heart. Knowledge gained through the five senses shall be closed first and then the knowledge from the bottom of the heart will arise. This knowledge is clear and pure as it were with the water when it comes out from the bottom of the well as a result of excavation. It is not necessary to gain knowledge through the five senses except when it is required. The control of evil propensities. A sojourner in the path of religion will then advance towards the straight path after the obstructions are removed. Propensities of the heart are the causes of the worldly attachment, an obstruction of which one is greater than another. In other, to cut them off, the following rule shall have to be observed. At first, the most easy obstruction shall have to be removed. In other words, love for wealth, name, fame, attachment to the world, inclination towards the commission of sin shall have to be given up from the heart which requires sustained long continued efforts another way is silent zikr or remembrance of god he will prevent his mind to make to make much dua and dar, daud durud his dua will be one of the kernels of all dua to remember god Mind will not be engaged in remembering God if it is engaged in much dua and durood. He will utter Allah, Allah, till his utterance by the tongue is closed and his heart is opened. Mind will then question these things. What is the meaning of Allah? These are the whisperings of the devil. It is of two kinds. One kind is the devil casts doubt in the mind which he shall drive away and remember busy with the zikr of God. God says, when whispering of the devil comes to you, seek refuge of God. 7, 200. God says, when the party of the devil touch those who fear God, they remember God and they then look on. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.